Hey, good evening, everyone. Welcome to another podcast episode of The Daily Mind. Once again, it's me. I'm your host. How was everybody's Thursday? Hopefully everybody had a great day and having a good evening. My day, and it was pretty much what you would expect or what I would expect. Like, yeah, it has its ups and downs. I mean, look, I just had two days off due to the ice storm. And then the weekend is upon, so I guess you can relatively say maybe I'm kind of overreacting to my day being the way it is. Like, I should just be grateful I was uh, able to see another day. I guess that's how I got to look at it. So um, there's one thing I noticed real quick about my podcast. I noticed I, I, I have this very bad habit of saying right after every sentence. I was sitting here listening to um, my past two episodes, and I noticed how much I say that word, and I don't even say it on a day-to-day like that but for some reason i just seem to always say it during this podcast so (laughs) i'm surprised nobody didn't point that out so what i'm just gonna do is not use that word as much maybe this time right so yeah it it was just so annoying to hear that i was like man i must have said that shit i must have said that word like maybe 30 times in the like maybe 50 times in one minute it seems to be a bad habit or so that i'm just trying to figure out it's good to listen to your own podcast for those who also do podcasts because you can point out some things and make some changes and stuff like that. Anyway, so I'm going to get right into it today. I'm going to talk about <clears throat> Groundhog Day because today is Groundhog Day. I was going to follow this up with also superstitions. In fact, yeah, I'm going to combine the two. Today, I'm going to just talk about Groundhog Day and superstition. So, yep, we all know February 2nd every single year is Groundhog Day. What does that mean for you and I? Maybe nothing. For some people, it means a lot. It seems to be something that goes back many, many a year, and it's basically this. The groundhog will pop out of his magical hole. He or she or whatever the fucking groundhog identifies as will come out. Depending on the lighting and everything else, this groundhog will see its shadow or not. Groundhogs are apparently afraid of shadows. So what happens is they see that shadow, they run back in a hole, and they sleep for another few weeks. If they don't see the shadow, they just bur- like walk around and like, hey, boom, 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 boom. Right? So for years, we've been following this particular, um, I don't know if you could say it's a superstition or, or whatever, right? And oh, there's that word again. <laughs> but we've been following, hell, there's been a movie about Groundhog Day starring Bill Murray. And again, revolves around this little critter. And I don't know, like, there's the famous Punxsutawney Phil that Philadelphia, I mean, uh, Pennsylvanians should be very familiar with. And for New Yorkers, there's Staten Island Chuck. Now, Staten Island Chuck bit two of our mayors, uh, Mayor de Blasio and Mayor Bloomberg. <laughs> Listen, leave them damn things alone, all right? Don't, don't, don't be fucking with them like that. Uh, you know, that just blows my mind how much faith we put into a rodent. I don't get it. I really don't. But I'm going to read a little bit about it real quick, and I'm going to quickly get into superstitions because I feel like this is just more or less another superstition. And unfortunately, for those who don't like winter, Poxitani Phil seen his shadow, ran like a little bitch back in his hole and said, hey, you guys got six more weeks of winter, bitches. Ha, 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 ha. That's what you get for bothering me. Congratulations. And ran back in a hole. What does it mean for you and I? Not a damn thing. Especially since after this uh, ice storm we had out here, um now the temperature is going to be in the 60s this week this weekend so i don't know maybe he got it wrong I don't know, maybe he was tipsy when he came out of the hole 
I don't know. I mean, you shouldn't be messing with those things anyway. They should not be predicting weather. No groundhog should be predict. Leave them the fuck alone. They're not supposed to be thinking. They don't care about weather. They stay in the hole. Summertime, wintertime, it don't matter time. They are in a hole. They're not dealing with this fucking nonsense. <laughs> they don't get a little bit too, bit, you know, whatever about it. But I'm going to actually read an article real quick. Who knows? This, this episode just might be all about the goddamn groundhog. Right, it just might be. It says nothing can keep that weather prognosticating groundhog down. Punk Satani Phil was back at it again, celebrating Groundhog Day with thousands in Pennsylvania on Thursday, forecasting six more weeks of winter after seeing his shadow during the annual spectacle at Gobbler's Knob in Punk Satani, Pennsylvania. Gobbler's Knob. Now, damn, now that is a phrase. Gobbler's Knob. Yeah, I could have picked a better name for that. Anyway, thousands watched on as Phil popped out of his burrow at 7.25 a.m. to a frigid 23-degree weather. Yeah, shit, let me tell you something. If I was a groundhog waking up 7.25 in the morning just to step out and see some people and leave, I'd fucking run back inside too and be like, yeah, you got more winter. I'm not going to sit there and bother with that. <laughs> um, it said, what did, what did Parks Attorney Phil say? I didn't even know the motherfucking could talk. It says, per tradition, the crowd was led by about a dozen members of Phil's inner circle, a group of men in top hats who organized the event each year. Last year, the event held in the borough of Jefferson County, some 65 miles northeast of Pittsburgh, returned to its traditional format after going virtual in 2021 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. If this groundhog was smart, it should have just not came out the hole because of COVID. Maybe it should have just wore a fucking mask and then came back. Or it should just stay in the hole like, fuck it, I'm not catching that. It says, over the 137-year tradition, it is the 107th time that Phil has seen his shadow. And apparently this, this thing, he, Pontitani Phil has a, I think he has like a prediction rate of at least over 80%, which is pretty impressive. And you got to take into account too, like, you know, well, when he comes out, is it sunny outside enough? Is it light outside enough for him to see the shadow or not see the shadow? I, I don't know. It says, Phil's prediction followed a massive winter storm that hit much of the U.S., causing 300,000 residents to be without power in Texas alone and forcing the cancellation of up to 2,200 flights. In Minnesota, residents in the northern portion of the state dealt with temperatures as low as minus 25 and light winds, meaning 35 below in some areas. That's temperatures, by the way. That's not even wind chill. Uh, so it says here, what if the groundhog sees its shadow? It says the annual event has its origin in a German legend about a furry rodent. It's roots back to Candlemas Day in Europe with the Christian Festival of Lights that falls on February 2nd, midway between the start and end of winter. Traditional, says Phil, seeing his shadow is a sign that the next six weeks will bring wintry weather. If Phil doesn't see his shadow, it means an early spring. It said uh, Groundhog Day isn't scientific. In fact, Pontesani Phil's weather predictions are wrong most of the time. I mean, he's a fucking rodent. Yeah, I, I, if he's right, then shit. It says, if we're being honest, it even defies common sense. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking groundhog. <laughs> the legend is simple. The groundhog shadow on February 2nd predicts the weather for the next six weeks until the start of spring. A sunny day means the groundhog will see his shadow. This is taken as a sign that the next six weeks will bring wintry weather. A cloudy day means the opposite. So what keeps him going? What keeps Poxitoni Phil going? It says here, in Poxitoni, 1886 marked the first time that Groundhog Day appeared in a local newspaper. The following year, bought by the first official trek to 
Gobbler's Knob, each year since then had seen a steady increase in participation of the celebration from people all over the world, according to Groundhog.org. This motherfucker has an org. I don't even have an org, a website, nothing. I have a podcast. This this Groundhog has a whole org page. Unbelievable. It says it's been the same Tony Phil for all 137 years of tradition. According to the Tony Groundhog Club, this man, this, this man, this Groundhog has a club. That's over 15 times longer than the upper end of a Groundhog's typical lifespan. That is an old Groundhog. Wait, you mean to tell me this Groundhog has been alive for 137 years? The same, can Groundhogs even live that long? I got to educate myself. I, I need to, there's no way in hell that's the same Groundhog. How do they even know? How do they know it's the same Groundhog? How do they not know that there may be under city tunnels, like a whole system of tunnels for other Groundhogs? This cannot be the same one. It says, those at the club say that a special diet keeps Pennsylvania's most famous Groundhog coming back each year. The 15-member group tasked with protecting and perpetuating the legend of the great weather-predicting groundhog claimed they kept him immortal by feeding him the groundhog punch every year. The fuck is that? Anyway, it says in the late summer, the club makes a trek to Phil Stump at Gobbler's Knob to feed him his, quote, elixir of life, members said. The elixir is made from a secret recipe and provides Phil with the potion that has sustained his longevity and youthful good looks. Um, it says Phil's first official shadow sighting came in 1887, followed by several years of no official recordings. The first front page cover came in 1908 when Phil saw a shadow. In 1913, John Frampton was the first to grab a photo of the newspaper of Phil spotting a shadow. It says his longest stretch of seeing his shadow is 21 years, which came between 1913 and 1933. His longest streak of not seeing his shadow was two years between 2019 and 2020. The only time he did not make an appearance came out came in 1943 during the middle of World War II. Yeah, because that motherfucker was probably fighting the war in Europe. So he hasn't seen his shadow the most as he's predicted a long winter 106 um, times, which is 84% before the 2023 prediction. <sighs> okay. Let me see something. I'm getting some notifications that is extremely annoying. Anyway, work-related stuff. Sorry about that. So for those who didn't really pay attention to the history of Groundhog Day, I guess that was just it in a nutshell, right? This, this, this Groundhog is extremely famous, and they're somehow keeping him alive. Where is that elixir so I can be, I could stay alive as long as this Groundhog, where I barely age and stuff like that? But see, it, it, it just it's just mind-boggling, right? What I mean, to some, it may be seen as a cute little tradition. To others, they're just like, man, fuck that thing. Now I got to sit here and dig out for the next six weeks. Or I got to sit here and slide in ice for the next six weeks because of this groundhog coming out of the ground and saying, hey, more winter, bye. <laughs> Listen. And then Staten Island Chuck, right? Now, Staten Island Chuck is not really the official groundhog, but he's the groundhog for New York. So what does that mean when Staten Island Chuck sees his shadow and Parks and Tony Phil doesn't? see his shadow like how does that shit work does it mean that it's going to be winter longer in one spot and then the other spot how does that even work and matter of fact staten island chuck likes to bite people i don't think i've ever heard of punks and tony phil biting anyone and they hold them up with no problem but yo staten island chuck forget about it true gangster right there true true gangster so now moving on to 
superstitions, right? So Groundhog and superstition, like I said, Groundhog Day to me is just a crazy superstition, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look up some um, superstitions, right? Some of the craziest superstitions, because I, like I said, um, let me see, superstition. Because, I mean, in some way, shape, or form, we all believe in superstition. Some people just don't. I do. Believe me, I've seen some strange things happen. There's a force above and beyond all of us that just makes things just happen, you know? So the definition of superstition is this. Excessively credulous belief in and reverence for supernatural beings. Um, it's also saying a widely held but unjustified belief in the supernatural causation leading to certain consequences of an action or an event or practice based on belief. So it says here, for example, using the word in a sentence, she touched her locket for luck, a superstition she had since childhood. Okay, so we know what superstitions is, right? In short, you know, black cats, you step on a crack, you break your mother's back. We all heard it. We all heard that shit. So I'm going to look up some of the top, um, I guess the top superstitions. I don't know. Lately, every episode has been like a top 10 or I don't know, top superstitions. Let me look that up. Top superstition. There's quite a few of them. So I'm going to go through them real quick because a lot of people have superstitions. And, and of course, with this groundhog, you know, a lot of people have a lot of belief on the groundhog, which I don't know why. Okay, I found a cool list. It's um, artsandculture.google.com. Hopefully, I don't get a virus when I click this shit. But it says here, um, 18 superstitions from around the world. Right now, of course, around the world, but in some way, shape, or form, we all have these superstitions um, in some form of another. Let me see something. It says 18 of these bitches, so let's see. I'm just going to start with the number one. This is a very odd page, the way they cycle through the, whatchamacallit. So the number one is superstitions knocking on wood. Now, each of these superstitions here, it, it tells a, an origin as to where this particular superstition came from, right? So it is um, may be of Indo-European, Celtic, or possibly British um, origin, right? Uh, it says here, uh, the actual origin and meaning of this phrase are as varied as the cultures which, it, which uses it. There's some suggest root into the Indo-European or Celtic belief that spirits good and bad reside in trees which could be either called upon for protection or chased away by knocking on their home, which is why we knock on wood because we have the, the belief of that there's something bad in the wood and just knock on it. And um, just to read a little bit, uh, yeah, it says that reside in trees who could be either called upon for protection or chased away by knocking on their home. And others, particularly Christians, li linking the practice to the magical power of the wooden crucifix. Most likely among the different theories historians have attributed to the superstition to a 19th century British children's game called Tiggy Touchwood. And Tiggy Touchwood. Yo, first it was the 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 lob, the glob knob, or whatever the fuck that shit was. And then now the Tiggy Touchwood. Oh man, I'm telling you, there's a lot of windows today. In which young players claim immunity from being tagged by touching the nearest piece of wood. Adults picked up on the habit and the phrase the, the British still say touchwood today. And the rest is history. Oh god, Tiggy Touchwood. Yo, I, I can't. Oh, man, I can't. <laughs> All right, number two, throwing salt over your shoulder. So you guys remember the scene on Dumb and Dumber where um, Harry spilled salt on the table and Lloyd told him to throw that shit over his shoulder, but instead threw the entire salt shaker and hit Seabass in the back of his head. 
which is still one of the funniest scenes in that movie. But touching, throwing salt over your shoulder, apparently says here it it has European slash Christian, ancient Roman origin, right? I'm gonna try to get through 18 of these, um, but I'm gonna read though. I'm gonna read description of those that uh basically that we know more of. Um, it says perhaps the next most common superstition, at least in the West, involves tossing salt over one's shoulder, like knocking on wood. This superstition also involves the idea of warding off evil. In this case, the devil himself in Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper, Jesus betrayer, Judas is, um, Iscariot, is portrayed as having accidentally spilt salt. Since Judas was associated with doing something bad, the argument goes that ipso facto, so was salt, and throwing it over your shoulder would be would blind the devil waiting there. Interesting. I, I, that's... Uh... Some, and then of course, it says here, others say that the sheer value of salt alone in ancient times led to the belief that to spill it was to incur bad fortune, like among the Romans, requiring a correspondent ritual or act of penance to prevent worse loss from occurring. I guess that's where now you have to toss the shit over your shoulder. Bizarre. Of course, this next one, broken mirror. You know, they always say you break a mirror, you get seven years bad luck. Always heard it. Everybody's heard it. It says, um, it goes back to ancient Greek and Roman European origin. It says, the belief that a broken mirror brings bad luck most likely has its origins in the simple fact that reflections of ourselves are uncanny and often unnerving, particularly on a bad hair day. So humans have long had bad associations with them. Take, for example, the Greek myth of Narcissus, the or the idea that a, um, a crack in the mirror would somehow break its charm or trap one's soul. It was the ancient Romans, however, who contributed to the notion that a broken mirror would bring seven years of bad luck. Since it was believed that only poor health would cause a mirror to crack, and the number seven was seen by the Romans as the number of years required to complete a full life cycle of sickness and renewal. As a result, a broken mirror meant that you were heading towards a death spiral that may take seven years to pull yourself out of. That's interesting. I'm telling you, I'm learning something here. I learned something from every, just about every podcast episode that I do. It's very interesting. Of course, I just mentioned this one. Um, step on a crack, break your mother's back. It's of African and European folklore. Hmm. Interesting. Another superstition involving something cracked or broken being associated with bad luck is the superstition of stepping on a crack as foretelling or even causing harm to a family member. As with mirrors, cracks in the earth on a sidewalk or almost anywhere have long been seen as portals to the realm of the supernatural for both good and ill. To step on those cracks might be to invite or release unwelcome spirits into the world ready to do one harm. Next one, Lucky Pennies, ancient Roman, English, and American origin. Lucky Pennies, yeah, I've, I've heard that before. Uh, the idea that finding a penny would bring good luck also originates in folk beliefs. In this case, based on the idea that metal, regarded by many ancient cultures as quite valuable, was seen by the gods to protect those whom they favored. Pennies being made from metal, find them and you'll have a good fortune. But be careful, some say that luck could break either way. And that if you find a penny tails up, you should turn it over and leave it for the next person or you'll actually have bad luck. Funny, usually <clears throat> if I drop a coin of my own and it falls on the ground and lands on heads, I'm going to pick it up. If, I leave, if it falls and lands on tails, it's for somebody else. Let them pick it up. It's probably meant for that person. That's that's I kind of follow that superstition a little bit. I'm not a very superstitious person, but some of these I can kind of kind of agree with to a point, right? 
And of course, number seven, the lucky horseshoe goes back to ancient Roman, Celtic, and British Isles of Europe. Another object commonly thought to be lucky is the horseshoe. Earliest origins of the horseshoe's function as a good luck charm resides in its vulval shape, seen upside down, and the invocation of pagan moon goddess Diana and her sacred vulva. As with pennies, metal being seen as both valuable and magical, iron in particular was thought by early Europeans as something... Let me see, as something capable of warding off evil spirits. And as with the Romans and the lucky number seven, horseshoes frequently feature seven nail holes. So yeah, that's another reason why horseshoes, because it's got seven nail holes, which I never thought. That's pretty interesting. Friday the 13th. Yes, that's another one. Friday the 13th. Like the number seven for the Romans, magical significance have been attached to the number 13. But this time, it's unlucky rather than lucky. The number 12 has frequently been seen as a positive 12 months of the year and 12 signs of the Zodiac, for example, or 12 days of Christmas and 12 tribes of Israel, naturally making its nearest neighboring number to the north negative. Like other superstitions surrounding the Last Supper, the 13th also seen as unlucky because, once again, the great betrayer Judas Iscariot was the 13th member of the dinner party that led to Christ's crucifixion. Dude couldn't catch a break. In addition, on Friday the 13th of October 1307, King Philip IV of France arrested and put to death hundreds um, of Templar knights. Scary. Black cats of complete European origin, apparently. Though cats have been associated with good luck rather than its opposite and were even worshipped as gods in ancient Egypt, things took a turn for the worse for our dark-colored feline friends. It says here, uh, sometime around the Dark Ages, when in 1232, a, papa, a papal bull by Pope Gregory the, the Ninth, I guess you could say the Ninth, declared them an incarceration of Satan. This is cats he's talking about, people, cats, according to People magazine. Things only went downhill for black cats from there, with people of the Middle Ages burning them and bonfires on holy days like Shrove Tuesday, the first Sunday of Lent, and even on Easter? Wow. And with the Puritans in America connecting them to the practice of witchcraft, which is why Halloween, you always see witches and black cats. They all seem to be associated with black magic, um, Halloween, and of course, Salem witch trials. Yeah. And witchcraft. Also, the color black has long been associated with evil and death. See, that's kind of kind of racist. I mean, I don't <laughs> It shouldn't be that way, but it is that way. I mean, if you look at Morticia from the Adams Family, she dresses in black all the time. She don't dress any other color than black, so I guess, eh. And um, it says, which didn't help matters for our furry friends who had the misfortune of being born the color of night. I mean, shit. That, that to me, is just mind-boggling. Next one, fingers crossed. I got about seven minutes. Um, Western European origin. The superstition of crossing one's fingers bring the luck. Finger crosser. Good luck comes from the pre-Christian pagan times in Western Europe when the practice of making a cross with your own and the index finger of another person was thought to concentrate the forces of good spirits and to seal a pact or a wish with the fellow crosser. Over time, people realized they could simply bless their own wishes by crossing fingers, crossing their first, first their two index fingers and then later simply the index and the middle fingers of one hand, which is what we do today. Yeah, of course. I do it all the time. Especially when I play... Uh, when I play the slots. <clears throat> Chewing gum at night. Okay, this is new. I've never heard this one. Um, but it says, have you ever had a rational fear of accidentally consuming dead flesh? 
Well, in Turkey, it is thought that after dark, chewing gum is magically transformed like the mogwai in the movie Gremlins, who turn into the titular monsters if they eat after midnight into the flesh of the dead. The most I heard about eating after midnight is just you having nightmares, which is not always true. So number 12, it says the number four. Somehow the number four in China, which is originated, is bad luck. As we've seen with numbers like 13 and 7, numbers are frequently assigned different magical significance or status depending on the culture in question. For the Chinese, the number four is a no-no due to the similarity in its pronunciation in Chinese to the word for death. So if your, uh, your, numbers, your favorite number is four, you might want to change a different number. I'm trying to speed it up a little bit. Um, writing love letters to Juliet Capulet. This is in Verona, Italy. So if you go to Italy, right, Verona in particular, you see the homes of Romeo and Juliet, which are not that far from each other. I've actually visited there, and it's actually pretty interesting. But I'm not going to read that one, but it's interesting. The Curse of the Evil Eye, which is of Mediterranean and Middle Eastern origin. I'm going to skip that one. Tucking thumbs inside of a cemetery? I'm going to read this one. Like the fear of the word for in China... Hinging on the similarity in its pronunciation to the Chinese word for death, the Japanese similarly tuck their thumbs when in a cemetery visiting the graves of dead relatives. This comes from the connection between the Japanese word for thumb and its meaning as the parent finger to tuck in one's thumb inside a cemetery, then is to protect one's partner from death. Got me on that one. Uh, number 16, giving yellow flowers. Now, why is yellow flowers bad? Right. It says this is of Russian origin. Like numbers, colors have frequently been assigned symbolic significance, like black being seen as the color of bad luck and red, the color of passion. In Russia, yellow flowers in particular are seen as problematic as they are thought to represent infidelity, separation or even death. Yellow flowers, really? Then again, this is Russia. OK, so next one is I got two more and I got time. Uh, sweeping feet. Oh, man, my aunt was really big on this shit. Like, if I accidentally swept her feet while I was cleaning, she had to spit on the broom, which I thought was pretty gross. But this I, this one, I definitely can attest to. It says, uh, this is of South American or, or, um, origin. It says, if you happen to be on a cleaning spree in Brazil, you will want to steer clear of brooms, or at least be careful. South Americans believe that if your feet are swept over by a broom, you will remain single for the rest of your life. Well, I'm married, so. The curse can be broken if you immediately spit on the broom. The exact origins of the superstition are unknown, but legend has it that a woman who cannot keep house does not a good wife make. Okay, that was kind of weird English right there. Okay, last one. Yes. This is absolutely true. I'm telling you right now, my wife as well, her, she gets itchy palms and somehow like you do, the, the general consensus is that if your palms are itching, particularly your right hand, you're about to come across some money. I will be the one to believe like this is very much true because there's been times my hand's been itching close to payday or some random money just come about and my hands be itching. So right now, real quick, it says, depending on which palm of yours begin to itch, you may find yourself in the caribbean oh this is a caribbean origin thing so yeah and a lot of my family on both sides are from the caribbean you may find yourself in the caribbean with a bit of extra spending money or in the red it is a common belief that an itchy left palm means you will owe money soon whereas an itchy right palm means money is coming your way there is an explanation that might tell us why such a distinction the left hand seemed to hold passive energy and the right hand active energy which symbolically could explain the coming in and out of money and there you have it, 18 superstitions. Now, 
like I said, the itching of the palms, I totally can agree to, right? But hey, look, whatever gets us through our day, we do what we can, even if it means not skipping the pole or stepping on a crack. I mean, I'm not that excessive. You understand what I'm saying? I might just not skip the pole. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit there and like not walk on cracks and stuff like that. There's cracks everywhere. I mean, you, sometimes you can't even avoid it. So, I mean, like if they get you through your day, hey, it's awesome. And as far as for the groundhog, the ground, it's going to keep happening. The groundhog is just a groundhog. I guess it's just all good fun. Maybe I was a little too hard on Punk to Tony Phil and, and Staten Island Chuck or whatever other groundhog that might be popping their head out there trying to predict the weather. But I will tell you this. I have one prediction for weather. And I didn't even have to pop out of a hole to predict this. The weather's going to get worse. <laughs> it's going to get worse. Thunderstorms are going to get worse. Tornadoes are going to get worse. Hurricanes are going to get worse. Snowstorms are going to get worse. It's all going to get worse, right? But it's got to get worse to get better. So hopefully we find ways to mitigate all these um, excessive storms and stuff like that. I mean, if you're into climate change and stuff like that, or you just believe like the world is just going through cycles. Which that's, I kind of believe climate change, like we're contributing to it, but the world is going through cycles. Remember, we were in the ice age at one point. So, I mean, eh, you know, you pick and choose your battles. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. I finally today, as of today, hit 700 plays, which is awesome for somebody like myself. I would have never expected that many people to play and listen to this podcast, but I do appreciate it. And for my Texas listeners, hopefully you guys are all good. Literally, Texas is still right now very close to inching and taking away the number one spot from Tennessee. Very, very close as far as listeners. And I'm getting a lot of listeners in Texas from a lot of different towns and cities, which is awesome. And I thank you guys definitely for listening and tuning in for a half hour each day. All right, so hey, thanks for listening to The Daily Mind. I'm your host. Uh, We will do this again tomorrow. We'll see what's next. All right, have a good night. Peace out.